Welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. We are joined tonight by another guest host who we loosely are related to. Welcome Alan Crawford to the podcast. Everybody, oh, I have yeah. questions on loosely related. I, I mean, like it's un, it's unconfirmed. I mean, you can barely see the resemblance. <laughs> <laughs> Between Kyle, can you edit maybe, in, but like, can you, you edit in uh, applause at that point when we say yeah, his it name? Seems like you're asking a lot out of me. Do you have that capability? Seems like you're asking too much. Come of on, this come on, you're the implementer. You're the we're, implementer. You know how to do. We're this. not going to need a lot of applause tonight, but we are going to need a lot of tissues because tonight we're talking about the saddest movie deaths. Mm. In cinema, mm. uh, we we painstakingly and I emphasize painstakingly went through our lists to bring you the refined top fifteen saddest movie deaths in all of cinema. Uh, before we get into that, we have a lot of honorable mentions, so I, I'd like to present to the floor a little time for you to uh, maybe wave goodbye <clears throat> to some of the. The deaths that you saw, lay some, lay some flowers on their graves, uh, if you will. Uh, Alan, you you had a couple of good ones uh, on your oh, list, for sure. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me on. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, I, uh, I I add a little bit of color uh, to tonight's festivities. Uh, but, yeah. Long-time fan, first-time host. Lo- long-time fan, first-time host. Have written in before, though. Have, have That have is true. In. Yeah. 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 Second only to Dale, I think. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Uh should should mention, I mean, season two. Way to go, guys. I mean, yeah. wow. It's a quite the accomplishment. Not they said really we good. couldn't do it. No, they said we shouldn't do it. Uh <laughs> that's what it was. It was that one. Yeah. But you said no. But we that's said how no. You stick it to the man. Hey, you know what? Your fans out there need you, and I appreciate that. So this is great. Hey, good topic tonight. It really it really did have me uh, diving deep a little bit into the uh, the cinematic chest of uh, uh, of things that make you all the feels. And yeah, I'm sad. There were a couple that I felt pretty good about that did not even scratch the list of others, <laughs> and that's okay. And one one I got to throw out there because I don't even know if people know about this one because uh, maybe this one I'm I'm not that much older than y'all, but have you guys seen Dante's Peak? Mm-hmm. I, I have seen it. It's been many, many years. Okay. Okay. So the premise of this movie is not hard. There's a mountain. Turns out it's a volcano, and only Pierce Brosnan can save the village. That's it. That's it. He's a volcanologist, and as it turns out, volcanologists can't stop volcanoes. All they can do is shoot people along a little faster. They can just and, point and go, "I know that." Go, is a volcano. go. I know better. <laughs> so that's basically what the whole movie is. Uh, but it's a great, it's like mid-90s deal. But there's this terrible scene in this movie where grandma lives up on the mountain and she like won't come down. She's like, I've lived on this mountain my whole life. I'm gonna die on this mountain. Well, spoiler alert. But she makes it out alive yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you <laughs> let me tell you what happens there. Uh-oh. So basically they they get in a motorboat, the whole family, and they're trying to get across this lake that's slowly turning into a liquid pile of lava. And the motor dies because it turns out that doesn't oh. do super well in lava acid-like fields. And they're right at the shore. They're right at the shore. But and then they make, make it out. They're yeah. not going to make it. And Grandma hops out of the boat and pushes the boat to the shore. Oh, and she's, no. Yeah, she's screaming. Totally counteracting the entire reason they went up there in the first Correct. place. Correct. <laughs> so basically, we'll go save grandma. Grandma has to die because we didn't want her to die. It's, but it's sad. 
Okay, so that's like that, the, that life, it's like the adult circle. version of uh, it's like the adult version of Oregon Trail. Uh, like you would go up the mountain, you come down. Grandma dies by acid, and then little Jimmy dies you, by snake bit. Uh, you thought bait. you thought you were gonna be okay, but then dysentery, and now you yeah. wipes you out. Mm, yeah. So that nice. one made my list. It, it barely squeaked in. It made it in there at twenty, but I didn't see that make anybody else's list. So shout mm. out to Grandma and Dante's Peak, and then then I think the most. Um, I think maybe the most controversial pick of the evening, at least reading the list, was uh, inanimate objects. And uh, I mean, look, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to tell you guys that none of you have a heart if you don't think that volleyball, <laughs> otherwise known as Wilson, Wilson. is in fact Wilson! a real person. And I, I, I cried. I mean, it, you, I cried very much when, sure. when Tom had to say goodbye to Wilson. I mean, he had to decide, am I going to get back on this raft? Or, or am I going to let Wilson go out to sea? And I mean, gosh, that sparked a lot of uh, a lot of people have have uh, connections. I think with uh, Wilson volleyball now, and uh, that, that was his wow. best friend. That was his best, best friend. friend. And best and friend. also also on the list of honorable mentions, the like protagonist living on his own and has to say goodbye to his best friend is oh, the I dog from that. I Am Legend. Mm. That that was also on the honorable mention list, and it was it was a close one because Will Smith, not only having to see the dog die, but having to take an active part in it, is rough. That is, I, uh, I think that's true. That may be one of the only ones on our list where the other person is like, you know, like actively killing the person. You know, I mean, I think there's one more that we're going to talk about look, later. Yeah, that one. Look, look at the flowers, Lenny. Look at the flowers. Yeah. I, Listen, if there's anything we know about movies, the dog always dies. I'm going to turn this over, but i got to tell you guys, I had three dogs. Of 20, three dogs. <laughs> and one volleyball. That's a, one a quarter of your volleyball. list. <laughs> one volleyball, three dogs, and 16 real people. That's what made up my list, okay? Kyle, Kyle, you had a couple other on your list that were also some inanimate objects. Do you want, like, with uh, maybe in the robot variety, do you want to touch uh, on those? So y'all are heartless. This is how I know that because Baymax did not make either of y'all's list. I don't know. Last time y'all saw Big Hero Six, when Baymax sacrifices himself, much like the grandma from Dante's Peak, which I've never heard of before, <laughs> it, may, it may have they may have just ripped that right off of Dante's Peak. I don't know, but he sacrificed himself to save the kid at the end. I watched this with my three-year-old uh, for the first time like, a couple months ago. And I was like, I'll sit down and watch this, whatever. I didn't realize it was a Marvel comic book originally. Mm. And But halfway through, I was like, this is actually pretty good. And then we get to the point where Baymax sacrifices himself. I'm crying. My three-year-old's crying. My mom walks in and goes, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't, I didn't know. You I don't understand. For Baymax to go. Uh, between Baymax and the Iron Giant not making it on this list, that's tough. The Iron Giant, you do see him piecing himself back together at the end of the movie. So does he die? Who's to say? Mm. Baymax also becomes reincarnated at the end of Big Hero 6. So that I feel like there's a loophole. I'm not going to hold you guys to fire for it. I do think y'all do need to see a psychiatrist maybe talk about some feelings because obviously we're suppressing some things. Um, but uh, an another big one that did not make the list also in the Disney category is Bing Bong from Inside Out. That one hurts. That one hurts because that was that, that was me being 25 in the movie theater watching that and going, uh-oh, my best, and I have like no reason to be in that movie theater other than I wanted to see a Disney movie. And when Bing Bong's a rocket ship and he jumps off to make sure that Joy makes it, holy cow, that's tough. You guys are heartless. Yeah, um, no, and, and to be fair, Bing Bong was like literally just 
just outside the list. It, it, yeah, it, it's fine. Take your fine. participation trophy and go die in imagination <laughs> land, Bing Bong. I don't know. <laughs> Another uh, couple big ones that didn't make it, Maximus uh, from Gladiator, uh, which Alan brought up a good point off camera, uh, that it's not actually super sad, because at that point, he pretty much is only living to kill uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character, whose name is... Mm, Emperor... Yep, Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, he finally Palpatine. kills Emperor Palpatine there in the in the gladiatorial <laughs> ring. And that point, he's like, yeah, I'm pretty rich ready to go see my wife and kid. And uh, so that's less sad. I agree with you on that point. Um, I showed you guys earlier from The Mist. Uh, Davis, oh, the boy. ending of The Mist as a, a horror film from the mid-2000s. Uh, the ending of that movie is heartbreaking. And I think I'm just in the... I'm in the wrong group of people to sell that to, so I, I desist. No, no, you're not, man, because clearly I'm dark. Because watching <laughs> that clip, you're showing us this clip before this thing starts, and like halfway through, I'm like, how bad would this be? It's like at the end of it, he murders his whole family, and then he's okay. Like nothing happens. And then you're like, wait, why? <laughs> so. Give it 30 more seconds, yeah. <laughs> And, and to bad. anybody watching, if you really want to get in, in the right headspace to do a, a sad movie scene podcast, you should just watch David kill his whole family from the oh, mist, sure. and then oh, and then you have you have it all locked up right here, ready to to bring to the masses. Yeah. yeah. Another one I don't think made the final list was Heath Ledger from uh, The Patriot. And the Patriot. That's yeah. a really oh. good death scene. That's heartbreaking and so sad. But I did, didn't rank it high enough on my list. I guess you didn't either, yeah. I had it low on mine, but yeah, it was up there. Um, yeah. Wash, Wash yeah. from Serenity deserves some flowers too, because uh, that's a great uh, Joss Whedon movie and uh, based on a great TV show, and it's sad to see him go. And then Dale wrote in, and he wanted to make sure um, that we got Van Zant from Reign of Fire, which is Matthew McConaughey's <laughs> character. And oh, no. If you recall, he the dies by jumping off scene? the tower with an axe into a dragon's mouth and does not kill the dragon. The dragon does end up killing him, actually. No, that's the, that's <laughs> no, that's the opposite of sad. That is he, the he coolest. He doesn't kill the dragon. Like, it <laughs> no. doesn't work. He was going on his terms, and his terms apparently was shirtless, through the air, axe-wielding into the mouth of a dragon. Dayla said on multiple occasions that that's the way that he wants to go, and I don't know where we're going to get, you know, how we're going to meet in the middle somewhere, but that's, that's where we're at. I'm excited to make that happen. Well, I, I do want to. I want to give one shout in out in due to time, not I, like immediately I, before. Like, were, don't call anybody. All right, before anybody is it like, it's not like now, but I mean, like when it's time. Like when it's time. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He'll be. He'll yeah. give me like the. He'll give me the million dollar baby. Sign like, the dragon. Now. Yeah. yeah. He'll like <laughs> sign it with his mouth, and I'll be like, I got it. Where I'm bringing the dragon. <laughs> the dragon's just that tiger that killed Siegfried or Roy, whichever <laughs> one it was. <laughs> Two on, on my list that didn't make it, or I guess three, were one, G-Baby from Hardball, uh, which is ba basically Mighty Ducks for baseball uh, with Keanu Reeves. And when mm -hmm. G-Baby dies, because they all think, like, everybody's okay, and they're like, hey, let's go. And then, like, G-Baby's just dead, and they're like, oh! Like, that Yeah, that's that, that hits me right where I live. Um, when Thomas from My Girl, Macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and to Bees. be fair... I haven't seen this whole movie. I want to be, I want to totally just lay that out there for everybody. But I have seen this scene where he dies, and I have, and that is messed up. That is so messed up. Little girl puts, the, puts those the glasses. glasses. Oh, she's and like, he, he can't see without his glasses. And he's just. And the, the little boy who's allergic to everything gets killed mm. by bees trying to go 
help a little girl find her things. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And then uh, and then finally, uh, John Wick's puppy. I mean, it's not a podcast you deserve without talking about John Wick at John some Wick, point. Yeah. So when Daisy dies, that that's pretty rough. Mm. Uh, and if you didn't know the dog's name was Daisy, that's that's on you. Uh, be a better I fan. I wrote I wrote John Wick's dog on my list. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. So be a better yeah. fan. Well, everybody, strap in. Uh, look at the flowers because here comes look the top. The just look at the flowers, Lenny. Just look at the flowers <laughs> uh, because here comes the top fifteen saddest movie deaths of all time. Brought to you by not the podcast you deserve. Number fifteen. Boromir from Lord of the Rings. Oh. This mm. obviously played by Sean Bean, right? Mm. Uh, the As man all good death scenes are. Dies yep. in everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, he deserves to be on this list because he dies all the time. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think um, they I think they've done this, right? Haven't they done this? Like he he may have like the most deaths in television and movies like combined as an actor. It's something like that. He's up there. He's gotta be close. So, yeah. It's hard to I believe mean, because Nick Cage has been in so many things, but I just don't yeah. think he dies in many. He doesn't of his die things. that much. No, no, he doesn't die. Well, he's invincible much. to both karate and mortal weapons. Yes, you got to think. Two Sean great Bean. Nick Cage Sean movies. Bean's like like agent. He's like Sean. Yeah, I got another part <laughs> for you, and he's like he gets it, and he just flips to the end. He's like son of a. Like, I mean, Sean, Bean, <laughs> Sean Bean reads the script backwards to see at what point his character dies. There it is. There it is. All right. Two, two great Nick Cage roles that we didn't get on the list were uh, Big Daddy from Kick-Ass. His death scene mm. in that is terrifying. And his death scene in The Wicker Man, which is hysterical. Ooh. Also Ooh. induced by bees, partly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, speaking of bees. Yikes. <laughs> well, you asked about Boromir, though, here. And yes. obviously, the death scene here that ends up being the kind of catalyst that, like, uh, not only motivates the whole Fellowship team, but also fractures the team. It's right after this scene that everyone just goes their own way. And the most annoying combination of Samwise, Gamgee, and Frodo, we have to, like, go watch them for the next two movies, which is <laughs> awful. So I guess kind of Boromir like does that. So we have him to thank for like why we don't get to just like hang out with everyone all the whole time. But that's I mean, pretty that's pretty that's pretty sad, man. He takes it. How many arrows? Like four, six. So many think, to the knee. I think it was lot. like three hundred. It's it's, when, it's when, a lot. When he looks like he's down and out, and then he looks up and he sees the hobbits, and he's mm. like, "I gotta keep going." And mm. then he like you know rallies, and you're like, "He's gonna oh he's he's dead. He's so dead." But, mm-hmm. like, heroically sacrificing himself for the team. Boy, By the yeah. way, can I throw out this? I do not think he gets a very good burial. Okay, so people are going to watch. People who have just seen the movie, the original movie, they're going to go, oh, no, see, it's nice. See, there's a reason the Viking, like, death, they, like, burn you in the, in the deal. They put him in a canoe, send him down the river, and he goes over the waterfall. Well, yeah. Spoiler alert, his dead body washes up on the shore for his dad to find. <laughs> it's, it's not ideal, like, how it all goes down. Like, at least bury the guy or burn him or do something. Oh, yeah, that, that is rough. It's, it's way worse than eaten by dragon. Sure, yeah. Uh, speaking oh, of yeah. death by arrow, is his death that much more sad than Leonidas's death in 300? That just Ooh. popped up to me. I did not think about that. I was putting my list together, but I said I think he was killed by three hundred arrows, and that's what sparked Leonidas. That's what. That's the death. That was it. 
now we are all on the same level. I got you to where I was. Now we're all here. I, I think I, I think as we go throughout this list, we'll see this theme reoccurring, but there are certain deaths that happen in movies that are uh, profound, right? But a lot of them are maybe like the heroic sacrifice of a mm-hmm. of a character as he like finishes his mm-hmm. arc. And then and you're and you're sad, but you're also like applauding it and you're like, yeah, that was great. The mm-hmm. ones that I think predominantly take over this list, there's a there's a few that fit that category here, but the, the ones that predominantly take over this list are the ones that come out of nowhere mm-hmm. and or are just so grippingly sad because they mm-hmm. motivate some other character and they're just heart wrenching. Yeah. Um, and Boromir is part of that, right? Alan, you you nailed it. I think he's a catalyst. Um, and and it's not like the heroic sacrifice. Uh, that you know some of the other characters go on and, and like Elijah Wood is ready to go on at the end of the movie. But moving on, number fourteen, Goose from Top Gun. Boo! I I refute this pick. I knew Boo. this was going to be low on the list because Kyle hates America and Top Gun. Just Top Gun, actually, just the movie. And but Goose is the saddest death ever. Because he's the only good part of that movie. So when he dies, it is like, oh no, the only good part is gone. Uh, movie's over, I guess. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, for uh, there's all the people out there that are like, maybe Mav and Goose are gay. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think Goose <laughs> is right because he's he's with Meg Ryan. But like, if that's the case, then it's even sadder. If it's not the case, it's still really sad. Like, it just this is his best friend and and like partner flying through the air. It, they're on a training mission and like, oh God, he hits the, when he hits the glass, oh. that is like a, you just feel it. It like reverberates through your chest. Is, I do that have real? S- is that real? Is that like a deep state theory? It's out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, of the there's Val Kilmer, Iceman in the room. And that's the one that we're. I think, <laughs> I think, I think the fan thick is that they're all gay but like mm-hmm. well yeah just kind of oh yeah it's cool I, it's cool i no i mean that one's sad uh, i think the scene after is sad. the part in the the part in the you know where he's talking with meg ryan's character and meg ryan yeah. like shirtless she's like she's ball. like she lo- he loves flying with you maverick i mean that part you're just like okay yeah he did um funny story about this my my wife loves top gun uh and watched it religiously growing up her brother or her older brother, who also loves Top Gun, used to skip this scene every time. Like, he would just skip that chapter in the movie and just keep going on. So my wife, who had seen this movie probably 30 times, didn't know <laughs> Goose died till she was, like, 15 years old. Because <laughs> she watched it at somebody else's house and was like, wait, what just happened? And they're like, this is, like, the main part of the movie. And she's like, yeah. no, it's not. And apparently it was so sad that my brother-in-law had been skipping that chapter of the movie for, I don't know, 10, Dang. 12 years. So Dang. that's how sad it is. You can't bear to watch it. Moving yeah. on. Number 13, Rooney from Road to Perdition. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know Road to Perdition, it's a fantastic movie starring Tom Hanks, Jude Law, Daniel Craig, Paul Newman, and would have won the Academy Award for Best Picture if the Academy wasn't a bunch of 
cop-outs that decided they had to vote for a musical which for Chicago, which is basically fancy burlesque. No. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. as we've discussed. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you need to preach. And if this thing ever gets picked up and more than 10 people see it or listen to it, God, I hope so. Because here's the thing. This is the truest truth you could say on a podcast. Road to Perdition was robbed. 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 Rob, I, I mean, didn't realize it lost to Chicago. That's Chicago. Funny. Chicago took everything. That's, That's a bad factor, movie, too. Miss picture, Miss mm. blah, blah, blah. And it was John really C. Riley singing Mr. Cellophane. Oh. Yeah, yeah. look, this was, this was the movie. Do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen this movie, I, th- this is your next movie evening. You know, kind of, you go sit down, watch this movie. It's phenomenal. Chicago? Not <laughs> Chicago. Wow, what a pull off size that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Chicago. No, Road to Perdition, phenomenal movie, and uh, I, I'm this this scene, uh, this death scene made my number one. This was my yeah. this was this was my number one. This is this is John Rooney, Paul Newman's character in this deal. Drew, if you want to tease it, you can set it up. Yeah, absolutely. So what's going on in this scene is Paul Newman, who is a, a, a crime lord in, in a local area, has been raising Tom Hanks, kind of his heir apparent, his like, you know, not his real son, but like his right hand man. And throughout the movie, some stuff goes down. Tom Hanks uh, has to die now. And Paul Newman has to give the order. He finds out about that. It's this whole thing. He feels like he now has to kill his father figure, basically. And there's this beautiful moment where Paul Newman is walking through the rain with some of his henchmen. He's going to his car and he finds out his driver's dead and the car is locked. And then all of a sudden, while this piano music is playing in the background, a Tommy gun is firing. You don't hear any of it, but just his henchmen are dying around him and Paul Newman's not even looking up unfaced. He's just like, I know what's happening right now. And he, and out of the shadows comes Tom Hanks and he looks at Paul Newman and Paul Newman just goes, I'm glad it was you. Glad it was you. His, his basically his son who's actually better than his real son. Who's played by Daniel Craig. Uh, And he like loves him more than his real son. And that is the man that kills him in the rain and with a Tommy gun while a beautiful piano plays. And he goes, I'm glad it was you. I'm glad it was you. And I got to say this, I was telling this earlier off screen. This may be my top, like this is a top five cinematic scene for me, period. Like the way they shot it. And, you know, again, as Drew said, like it's, it's silent and you're just seeing the flashes of the Tommy gun as people are dying. And it's, and then the music that comes up, it's the rain. They just basically let the rain come up and you just hear it. And the thing that's terrible about this and so sad is that Paul Newman, uh, uh, Tom Hanks's character has to kill Paul Newman so that he can go kill Daniel Craig, which is Paul Newman's son. And because Paul's the top end of the mob boss, Rooney's the top guy, the only way they're going to allow him you know, Tom Hanks, this old henchman, to go kill the guy who's murdered his wife and his his other kid is to do this. And he's doing this to try to get his son, Michael, like a better life. Like he can get out from under this and go do it. It's a it's gut wrenching moment. I mm. it's a top one for me. Absolutely. Really well is. shot. Well seen. Well, 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 well shot. And oh, got all the feels. R- Rooney from Road to Perdition coming at 13. Number 12, uh, similar to how Alan this Road to Perdition was your number one. Harry Stamper from Armageddon coming in for Kyle. The number he 12 saved. saddest movie death scene 
He saved all of our lives, and y'all didn't vote for him. <laughs> you cowards. Okay, we made the ultimate sacrifice. He flew up to space. He's an oil driller. What's he doing in space? He he handles a nuclear warhead, and then explodes the asteroid with him on it to save all of us. And y'all are like, nah, too good for my list. Nah, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> it's the saddest death scene of all time because he's talking to his daughter right before he hits the button. At which, like, there's a there's an asteroid quake where he gets thrown from the thing. They got to draw straws. Like, it's the world's like most dramatic, like lead up to a death scene. And you think Ben Affleck is the one who's going to die. And then he rips off the tube in his helmet, says, take care of my daughter. Oh my God, I might start crying. Just oh now. no. Anyways, I'm right. That's the most sad death scene of all time. When he uh, says, we win, Gracie, we win. And he pushes the button at the end. He says, push mm. the button, Stamper. Oh my God. Oh, it, that is cinema. Is what that's that a is. good. That, that is, is a good part. Story. You're right. That Ben Affleck scene when he's banging on the window, like, yeah, yeah I love you, oh, Harry. Uh, but to be fair, Harry didn't didn't follow the honor system. You know, it was supposed to be Ben Affleck. He drew the church trial. True. Yeah. So uh, there's a bunch of sad deaths in Armageddon. Actually, Luke Wilson or Owen Wilson's character dying hmm. by asteroid hit. That's tough. When Max gets flown, which out one's sadder, Owen Wilson dying by asteroid or being eaten by an anaconda? Ooh. Boy, both. <laughs> Dude, this, I'm going I'm going off script here, but that movie, what was that movie? Was it Mission to Mars? You guys are talking about space. The one where they like it's it was kind of came out around the same time because space was everything. We were just making space movies. But they're like out there in space and floating away, and the the husband doesn't want his wife to like come get him. Like he's like lost his projection, he's floating. So he lifts his his, oh. his face like I know up about, yeah. so that he mm-hmm. dies and so mm-hmm. she doesn't like come get him mm-hmm. Ooh, now yeah, hey, he got my head going in like space these, a, space is a hard one a lot of people die in space tough. it's a top reason why i don't want to go bottom of the <laughs> ocean top of space don't want to go to either one 2027 they announced hotel in space I am a terrestrial being, so I will see. <laughs> I will stay there. But speaking of space, we will move into number eleven, which is the entire cast of Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there, there are specific ones on here that may be more impactful than others, but there are multiple worth talking about. Um, Kyle, I'll, I'll let you lead into this one if if you want. The blind Jedi, uh, when he goes down, that's really sad. Because that halfway through, it's like, I think he's going to make it. And then he does it. It's like, I don't know. Uh, Alan Tudyk's robot character, mm. that's the worst one. That one hurts hard. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about this earlier. Um, but, like, even though I, I know Star Wars and I know what happens after this movie, and I still, like, halfway through the final battle scene, I was like, how are they going to get off this planet in time? And then as they all started dying, it's like, Oh, these are the people that we've been talking that we talked about in episode uh, four. With uh, a lot of people died to get this information. These are the people that died. That's tough. I, that took me Many way longer than it should have. <laughs> it took me way longer than it should have. And that would be like, oh, they're all gonna die. Oh, okay. Yeah. That made it hurt so much worse. I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that is honestly going to be my point about this: is that. I'm a big Star Wars geek. I know Alan is too. Uh, don't mean to out you on the internet, but there it is. Um, I'm there. It's okay. It, it's known. This was a movie I went into going, they all have to die. Like, I knew that going in. And then halfway through the movie, I forgot. And was like, <laughs> I can't, like, I'm so emotionally invested in them. Like, they have to live. And like, it, why did you? Excited. Why did you know? Why did you know they had to die? Because they never appear in any of the other ones. You can't, okay, you can't, like, 
You can't. You can only force ghost people. You know, so nope. many times yeah, so into future movies before we all Nathan, just check yeah. out. Yeah, unless you're David Filoni <laughs> and you're like, look, here's the thing, Ahsoka. She she just jumped. Okay, we got. We're gonna have a real reason. We're gonna explain. No, we're not gonna explain. It. Here's the thing. She just, she just there. She just there. She she took time out for a while. <laughs> but I am gonna I am gonna out myself on my geekness here. Okay, so the line you just used, Kyle, about many Boffin spies died to bring us this message. Mm-hmm. That's from Return of the Jedi. Oh wow! Ooh, that is Mon Mothma. And then she turns it over to Admiral Akbar right after that, and he slurps himself it's up and then he goes after it. So if, in, case there, in case there was any confusion, yeah. you you did just out yourself as a I huge did. nerd. I want, <laughs> there's, everyone, there's... <laughs> I want everyone to know that my my brain was going off and going, "What's wrong?" So like, <laughs> so I, I know I know this so much. Like I that's know right. what that line is, but that's just not right. So I, I do great. love. We'll move on quickly here, but I do love that Star Wars has made a really good way of making us care about robots. Mm. Um, Like, you know, we care about C-3PO, even though he's kind of a turd. Uh, We care about R2-D2. We care about Alan Tudyk's robot. I can't remember his his numbers, so I'm sorry. There it is. Uh, we care about David Tennant's robot in uh, Ahsoka. We care about the robot from uh, Andor, the you know the other one that has charging problems. Like we like we care about their robots even when they don't speak. And I was like, when you are able to tell a compelling story, and I care when a robot gets unplugged and or dies, that is very Fair impactful. Fair enough. Um, also, Alan Tudyk is really good at playing robots. You know, yeah. also I Robot with Sunny. You know, I just oh, it's great. Sunny. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So Rogue the entire cast of Rogue One, well done. All of your deaths very impactful. Number mm-hmm. 11. Uh mm-hmm. number 10, moving into Dead Poet Society, Ooh. Neil Perry. Uh the the actor who was inspired by his friendship with Ethan Hawke and his teaching mentor Robin Williams and decided to go pursue his acting career and be in some kind of Shakespeare play. I want to say maybe Othello or something like that. I don't know. Midsummer Night's he, Dream. He it plays was one of those. Puck. Yeah, he plays Puck ah, in mid, there it is. Mid, Midsummer Night's Dream. But then Red Foreman from that 70s show, who's his dad, is real mean to him, tells mm-hmm. him that he can't be an actor. Uh, and he succumbs to this, this pressure, you know, from his father. And he ends up killing himself in his dad's office with his dad's handgun. Yeah. Oh! I mean, that hits hard when you see Dr. House's friend kill himself <laughs> in Red Foreman's office with the handgun. <laughs> and that if that's not your answer to the next round of Clue you play, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Robert Robert Sean Leonard, I don't really know what, what he was doing in between, between Dead Poets right? Society and House. house? There yeah. seems to be a bit of a gap in, in where we see him. But yeah, that, that's a terribly sad sad scene you know and then obviously it proctors the uh the removal of robin williams as a teacher there at school i I think part of what makes this scene in particular so sad is that the movie itself is feels very uplifting right it's Mm -hmm. this teacher who's bucking the old system and encouraging his students to go and carpe diem and seize the day and believe in themselves and fight for what they believe in and you know really grow and challenge them and part of 
growing and challenging yourself is dealing with hard emotions, right? And he didn't have a good support system to deal with that, unfortunately. But And that's why it hits so hard is that it feels so avoidable and so tragic. Did you, uh, did you see it coming? I, I, like, no. The first time I saw the movie, I can remember not like not thinking because the kid goes from like the happiest moment because he finally is in that and his dad you know sees it pulls him out and stuff but it it goes dark real fast i did not see it coming the first time i think that's what was so shocking i i think this is a great spot for me to put this in here because there's a nice little beat right there so i can easily edit this next part out if i need to which is now this part my favorite part about that movie um is when matt damon comes back at the end and he's talking to Robin Williams, and Robin Williams says, it's not your fault. He's like, I know. He's like, no, it's not your fault. He's like, no, I know. He's like, no, it's not your fault. He's like, no, and he breaks down. That's my favorite part of Dead Poet Society. <laughs> Robin Williams is just really good at, you know, being the mentor and, you know, getting all the feels out of us. That's that's all that you need to know about that. You know. Um, <laughs> so moving on you from know, Dead you know, Poet Society. Too, because. Doesn't he dress up like a woman at the end of that movie? I think he's like a nanny or something. <laughs> yes. Good, good <laughs> well, then they play the board game where the rhinos come out. That's it. That's the one. Oh, and then he, then he's, then he's, uh, then, he, then he's gay with Nathan Lane. That's how you're all being alert. way too flippant about being sad movie deaths. We need to get back <laughs> into the fields. So we're gonna move. We're gonna move from Doctor House's friend offing himself after a Midsummer Night's Dream. To another Shakespeare knockoff with the Lion King, which is basically just oh. Hamlet, where oh. Mufasa dies by the hands oh. of his brother. Scar. Okay. By Jeremy Irons. Kyle, you have to have been seeing this more recently. If you're in my same boat, we both have mm-hmm. we both have young young kids, um, and I've watched the Lion King a lot more recently than I that I had, you know. And I, I mean, the last time I watched it, I was tearing up at that scene. Yeah. I mean that part. That part is terribly sad. And when you got a little girl watching it with you, you're just like, oh, yeah. Sorry, don't like it it gets it hits you different. Oh, for sure. And I think one thing we haven't talked much about is the difference between a death on camera and a death off mm. camera. Mm. Or whether you see the uh, immediate aftermath or whether they time jump a little bit. Um because like the bridge to Terabithia, if you ever seen that movie, like it's extremely sad, but I don't think you actually see the girl like fall to her death. You definitely don't see like her body wash up on shore or Boromir. You don't see his body like wash up on shore afterwards and ruin a whole village's drinking supply water or water supply for drinking. Um, but this one, like you see him fall to the ground and get stampeded on. And then you see the little lion cub going like poking like, dad, get up. Mm. Dad, get up. Mm. It's like, why did you have to do that to me right now? <laughs> like that's even as a 30 year old, that hits hard. And my question is, how many people on this earth, Drew, how many people are on this earth right now? Seven billion something? Seven billion. Has to be at least that. Cool. Um, oh, Alan, is that all right? I go to Drew for all my geography fact things that I can't No, no, it, you, 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 you weren't quoting Star Wars, so I'm not going to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> With the, of the seven billion people on the planet currently, how many of us were first introduced to the idea of death by watching... Simba poke at Mufasa's dead body. Go, Dad, get up. Like, it's got to be a decent chunk of that. <laughs> well, you know who did it? I don't think this made our list. And so, um, you know, but the other the other movie that 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 has that same impact, kind of coming out similar time, is, is Land Before Time. And literally oh, the exact Foot. same yeah. scene. And yeah. Littlefoot is, like, poking his bomb. He's like, get up, Mom. Get up, oh, Mom. Yeah. 
mother? mother? And, like, the dude is in trouble. I mean, at yeah. least Simba has, like, Scar, who, like, totally, I don't know. Can you swear on this? Because I almost swore. But anyway. Yeah, you got, do yeah. It. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, well, I mean, you got Scar, who totally minds, like, as soon as it's over. Like, his dead dad's sitting right there, and he's like, oh, Simba, you've oh, done this again. You mm-hmm. did it. I won't You're tell anyone. You're up, Simba. You what did is your it. mama thinking? Mm. And then he's like, run away. You know, and so anyway, but you got that. But you got Littlefoot. You know, same time, and I'm a kid. I mean, we're kids. I mean, this is 90, 91. I don't know how to look at I mean, and you're looking at this going, wait, mom can die? Yeah. Dad can die? That's tough. Yeah. Tough deal. But yeah. Littlefoot didn't have anybody, man. He he, he he had, like, one little leaf with some water. In it. That dude was screwed. <laughs> I think, I think the, the hardest part. That was so mean to him. <laughs> I, I think the hardest part about the Mufasa death and the Lion King is that not only is it, like, betrayed by your brother it's like oh that's a hard death in and of itself and then it's like like a gripping like is he gonna save him and he's like no i'm not gonna save you like i'm gonna like active and then he doesn't just die quickly from like a stab or something like that or like you know a claw to the face he lets him fall and then he doesn't die from the fall he dies from being stampeded by the antelope so it's like a really drug out death with so many outs of like he could die now no he could die now it's like no we're gonna make it way worse um it's like watching it's like watching daisy the it's like watching daisy the puppy get kicked and beaten and then crawl all the way to john wick to then die i like how we i like how we keep adding our own back in we're like here it's a lot like you know <laughs> when, when Bruce dies in Doctor Who, it's the same thing. It's the grandma. No, have you seen Olaf, the, the short story yeah. thing where he does yeah, it? Yeah. All right, that's the, that piece where he does the Mufasa, and he's like, Mufasa then, dead. and only then does he die. But he's not totally dead yet. Yeah, that is that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one. but uh, as we've talked about on some previous ones, you know, when you come back after your death, it maybe doesn't it doesn't necessarily cheat your your death scene but it does give a little bit of like relief to your heart so when he comes back in the black panther ancestral plane and talks to uh (laughs) talks to his son you know through the clouds or whatever that is what that is by the way when i saw that in black panther i was like that is the lion king you you even use the same tree that's the same tree like what are we talking about where's rafiki like you just ripped this I understand that Marvel got bought by Disney, but like, did you have to repeat all the sets? Like, we got like it. are you on we that t- tight of a budget? <laughs> anyway, moving on. Number eight, Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Uh, Brooks Halton, who is the old man who runs the library, right? Um, and then everybody loves him, and then he actually ends up going on parole. And he doesn't want to leave oh, prison because yeah. he doesn't know how to live in the outside world because he's just been in prison so long. He tr- yeah. he tries to like attack somebody in in the library so that they don't they won't let him out. They let him out anyway, and he tries to make it as a, a bag man. He they have a groceries and he can't and hangs himself. Yep. In his in his halfway house where he he scratches in Brooks was here, and he hangs himself. I I unfortunately was laughing at your depiction of an old decrepit man. And as soon as you said hangs himself, I started to laugh and I immediately. Well, it's because you're a bad person. <laughs> yeah. It's because you're dead inside. It's such unfortunate timing. <laughs> like, like Brooks is, is now. 
He's describing this old man who's been institutionalized because he's been in prison his whole life and gets out and you're just dying laughing the whole time. Like, what is it covered up? Guy doesn't even I know think... how to live in the real world. <laughs> oh, what is he gonna try, try to be a grocery <laughs> man? Oh, oh, oh. Honestly, people are not gonna like they're gonna watch this list and be like, these guys are like terrible. They're, <laughs> these these are animals. Giant assholes, yeah. These giant assholes, they've laughed the entire time. They're trying to do the saddest list. Well, this is not a the terribly sad. Oh, this is a terribly sad death scene. I mean, it really is. I mean, and this is this scene, this movie, has got a lot of hard hidden stuff throughout it. Like mm-hmm. this is just, you know, and 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 it's you hate it too because the guy's character, spoiler alert, is innocent from the very beginning. The the main character, and so you, you know, the whole thing just feels like one giant injustice. And and then Brooks is like the first person to like make him feel normal yeah. in prison and gives him, you know job in the library and just you know helps helps what's his name belfour what's his uh what's his first name i, I tim robin character hunting yeah i i do appreciate you putting a spoiler alert on a 30 year old movie that is hey, that's good hey, for our fans i am here i am here if nothing i will always try to censor okay so look <laughs> if you haven't seen it Maybe right after Road to Perdition, you can go. In, in in a movie called Shawshank Redemption, it's really hard to see a character who does ev- you know everything right. He's in prison, so like you're like a little yeah, like, but, what, but, but, he, but he's a prisoner he's like, with a heart of gold, right? Yeah, he's, like he's been there for 18. so long, and yeah. and he just he's living his life, and now he doesn't get redeemed. In what should be a happy moment, right, where he gets released from prison, what? What from the outside we just expect everybody should be like, I'm happy I'm now out of prison. It was the opposite for him, right? And that's what's so devastating about it. And the way that he's reading the letter. Okay, so mm. like that, the, the narration mm. of what's happening is basically stream of consciousness, and he's writing this letter. But, and then at the end, he's like, I'm not happy. I don't like it here. I don't think I'm going to stay. And then that's when you see him do it. I mean, it's. Had his little tough. bird in the library. Hate that. Brooks Halton from Shawshank Redemption, number eight. Number seven. This one hurts me. I think they're just going to get more and more painful as we go along. So everybody just... But, oh, man. Marley from Marley and Me. Oh, Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's tough. We we had an animal we had an animal dying right just a few spots ago with Mufasa, but it's different when it's a real life dog. Uh, versus an animated lion. Like this is, this is the one that you all look at and go, that could be my dog. That could be the dog I'm watching this movie with right now. Mm, yeah. When Owen Wilson's like, I think he's like sitting on the ground, like crouched over him, when the dog's obviously not feeling. Him. He's like, yeah, you're okay, buddy. Yeah, you're okay. You're like, I don't think the dog is okay, Owen. I don't think he's gonna make it. Dude, that's that, that whole. Oh God, the part where he's sitting there too, and he's at the, he's at the vet, and he's just like. It's okay because you loved us so well, and I mean, I am watching. Oh. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting sad thinking about this. This is the first one on the list so far that I'm like, okay, now I'm like, looking <laughs> I might, I might now, need real a I am, I'm legitimately like that. Like, I won't watch. I'm gonna this need movie a minute. Yeah, I, I won't watch this movie again. I watched Whoa, it in agreed. college. I watched it in college uh, with my uh, girlfriend now wife, uh, and uh, was literally, I was bawling. And I was like, I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. And I mean, it just <laughs> wrecked me. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. And I had a golden retriever at home. And so this was, oh, this thing was, right. you know, and an old golden retriever. And obviously Marley's a, a lab, but anyway, this thing, this thing hits hard. That movie 
if you see that movie and you do not cry, shame on you. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm having a Biden moment from today's earlier message where he, like, had a really important thing to say. And he just said, don't. Okay, but, like, so I, I should say something. Don't. I should say something more impactful there. But seriously, like, right? I mean, if you don't, if you don't cry watching this, I don't know that you have a heart. My, my only public service announcement I can give to the youth out there is uh, if you're on a date, don't go see this movie because yeah, you're true. just really hurting your own chances. And here's the deal. <laughs> if you don't hurt your chances, that means you're with a psychopath and you need to break <laughs> up with her anyway. So, yeah, yeah I did that. I, I went to this movie. I was like, oh, what a great date movie. This will be, we'll go see a cute movie about a dog. And then afterwards, it's like, well, you want to cry and, and not talk to each other anymore? Okay, okay, goodbye. <laughs> he didn't cry? No, I cried. She cried. We all cried. Like, oh, okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's there was like, just no uh, action after we cried. Yeah, it's, well, like, sure. it's like, can I put my arm around you? And it's like, if only you hold me because we're, I'm going to cry for an hour. And it's like, all right, well, okay. Not what I had planned, but here we are. <laughs> Let me ask you, have, have you guys watched this movie more than once? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Okay, see? I think, and I think that might needed. be a, re- that's a really good litmus test for sadness, right? Legitimately. Point. This thing, this thing got me, and I was like, "I'm good. I've seen it. I'm not going to watch this again." Yeah. All right, here we go. Moving in, uh, into the Hallmark movies here now. Uh, uh, number six on the list: Tony Stark in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a tough. This this was twenty movies in the making at this point in time, right? Even if you'd only been in like eight of them up to this point, that's a character that you grew up with. To mm. see him. And I think too, like betting odds, like I, going into that movie, I was for sure Captain America was gonna die. Yeah, I me too. Felt pretty strongly that the Hulk was gonna die. I was like Iron Man, like whatever, he'll be fine. And when he was the one who bit the dust at the end, I was like, oh, that that hurts so much worse. But he goes out in such a cool way, in such an Iron Man way, that I was like, he deserves that ending, absolutely. But very sad still. That broke me. It's sad. It's hard. It's filmed well. Gwyneth Paltrow there at the end. She's holding him as the light flickers off, you know, mm. for the last oh. time. That's a tough. That's a tough deal. Um, you know, the funeral scene afterwards, and and John Favreau's got his daughter, and he's like, "What do you want? You want to get some? You want me to make some sandwiches? You want me? You know?" So it's a tough. That's really tough. Obviously, yeah. I think I think most of us did not expect Iron Man to be the one that dies. Um, yeah. No, agreed. Because you start the movie with him like, I'm going to die, right? And he's like recording yeah. his his thing yeah. to Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow and then like, here, I'm going to run out of oxygen here in a minute and like, you know, and then he ends up being saved. And you're like, great. Tony Stark saved. We don't have but to worry dodged. about it. Crisis averted. Turns mm-hmm. out. And to me, we talked about it a little bit with uh, Rooney's death and Road to Perdition, but I think music plays a lot in, in mm-hmm. death scenes as well what the score is and truly for lack of a you know better term here with a pun underscoring the the scene itself um and when tony stark dies it's silent mm-hmm. right the gravity of his death in that moment is so big and impactful in and of itself it doesn't need additional like tearjerker music in the background or whatever you're just so wrecked and um, especially if you had watched all of the movies you could watch that movie by itself and feel impacted by it but if you know that you've got a 20 year uh arc going on behind it or 20 movie arc going on behind it like dang that is hard 
you know, and 20 movies of Marley leading up to Marley being put down. At yeah. The end, holy cow. Yeah. I look, you also didn't have a, um, you, 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 this is a scene. This is a, a movie series that has had a lot of, uh, people die and come back. And there is something very finite about, you know, uh, and mm. final about, about Tony's death, right? You know, that he, he's not coming back. And, um, you know, again, the, the, the Marvel nerds out there, uh, he's not, he's a character in most of the comics and everything that's still running. He's still doing stuff. He, his character was not one that frankly, Captain America dies in some of the stuff that they've done. And so the, you know, it was interesting that they chose to, to kill him off. And so I thought it, it, it was tearjerker for sure. Yeah. Top five. Here we go. Get, All right. get your Kleenex ready. Because uh, we're going to hit you with some ones that maybe you at home didn't think of, and shame on you because this is where this is why you come to not the podcast you deserve to Pretty find cool. out what really should impact you at heart. Number five, Irwin Wade, the medic from Saving Private Ryan, played by Giovanni Ribisi. Right? Uh, this is the moment where the group they've already lost Vin Diesel, right? Who was trying to help a little girl up or down, I can't remember which direction she's going, uh, from the family on the second floor of a blown-out building. And Vin Diesel's like, oh, it reminds me of my sister. Boom, he's dead. And that one hurts. That one sucks in and of itself. There's a lot of tragic deaths right at the end of it, too. But right there in the middle, you're starting to get a sense for the team. They're kind of questioning the mission, but they believe in in Captain Miller and, like, we're going to move on and, like, we're going to – we're rallying and we're having some success and here we go. And part of the core of that team had been the medic the whole time. Voice of reason, fun guy, everybody loves him. And here he gets injured and is dying and bleeding out. And they're trying desperately to save him. And the medic realizes that he can't be saved. So instead of asking for anything else, he just asks for more morphine. Because just basically kill me kill me gently. And he talks about his mom, how he pretended to be asleep when she would come home and he didn't know why he did that. And he just wished he had spent more time with his mother and all, and like all of this is happening while he knows he's going to die. And whoa, does Erwin Wade earn number five Mm. on this list? The, the, the funny thing that came to my mind while y'all were talking about this very sad death scene Mm. is picturing Dale driving home from work listening to the podcast uh, to, to like pass the time. And here we are all like crying, talking about these, like these terribly sad moments in movies and just be like, what are we doing? What are we listening to here? That's tough. Uh, you're yeah, worried sorry. about, you're worried I don't about know you. What you I don't know what you thought was going to happen when you, yeah, when you come to the sad, saddest movie scenes. We laughed our way through the first 10. All right. <laughs> I, like, we tried to make it light it's for real now. <laughs> it's real, real now. Welcome to the Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I last comment before I move on. I do think what makes this one so impactful is that in a movie about a war, right, where there are just thousands of deaths happening all over the place, they make you feel this one mm. more than any because it's just the team, it, and it's basically him being quote unquote killed by his own team. He was gonna die from his injuries, but. They had to do it. Like they, well, they finished yeah. him off, and that one, that one, you know, this more is than also, just a, a stray bullet from an enemy. Yeah, this is also not part of the original mission. 
if you remember, Correct. I just remembered this. They decided to take that bunker because they could go around. That's not a part of it. And they have that debate. And then they ultimately mm-hmm. decide, you know, someone else is going to come along and other soldiers might just get mowed away by this bunker. We should take this bunker. And, and yep. so they, they end up like losing this guy because they decided to stop and do something off mission to save others. So yeah, it's, it's, it's heroic and tragic and avoidable. Much like and then from Dante's peak. And then Much when like Tom Grandma Hanks Ruth. said, earn this, Matt Damon mm. instead went to therapy with Robin Williams. By the way, for those for those out there listening that goes, hey, what about when Tom dies at the end? It did make my list, but Drew pointed out accurately that, hey, he, he, he kind of goes out like a badass. I mean, he fires his gun at a tank. It doesn't do anything, but he fires it at a tank, and then he stares and then at Matt up. Damon. Yeah, well, a little blame. Then he stares at Matt Damon, and he's like, earn this. So, I mean, good, good point. That was a pretty yeah. baller way to die. Yeah. It just below being eaten by dragon. You beat me to it by half a right. second. God dang it. Yeah. Dang it. Uh, number four. That. Number four on the list of saddest movie deaths in cinema. John Coffey in the Green Mile. Oh. Oh. Tragedy that it's for. Another Tom Hanks movie. You guys love Tom Hanks so much. Do. I do. He made a lot of lists. I think I said earlier. It's like apparently when Tom dies or someone dies around Tom. It, it hits a little harder. It hits different. <laughs> Even when just inanimate objects float off. Yeah. I'm telling you. Not ruining anybody's water supply. Away. So sad. <laughs> some, volleyball, yeah, some volleyball just washed up on another beach, and somebody was like, what the f- is what? this? <laughs> I don't like to think that. I don't like to think that Wilson survived out there in the water. We all like to think Wilson. What, he got eaten by a shark? What, he got ingested by a shark later on? Yeah. Honestly, you know what's, what's probably true, and I just thought about this. It's, it's, it's probably true that Wilson got washed back up on the freaking tide, and Wilson is still on that damn island. <laughs> <laughs> just is, open up FedEx boxes. Just... That, is so, that is so sad. Tom needs, Tom's got a responsibility to get back out there. Find, <laughs> find that, his best friend. Find that best friend, Tom. Leave no man behind. <laughs> so we, we got off on a tangent there on, on Tom Hanks, but you're right. He is around a lot of death in cinema, a lot of good death in cinema. Uh, or bad death, impactful death. That's the one. Um, but John Coffey in The Green Mile, right, a... a a Jesus-like character who's just like healing everybody, never did anything wrong, and and just is persecuted, and then like willingly gives up and goes to his own death, and everybody else doesn't want to take him there, but knows that they have to, and it is wow, that is heartbreaking. After he's yeah. after he's yep. healed Tom Hanks of his uh, yeah inability to pee. Mm-hmm. I think that's the third Stephen King. I mean, we didn't do The Mist, but we met honorable mention with The Mist, and then Shawshank, and now Green Mile. So, uh, Shawshank with Stephen... Stephen King? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Surprise yeah. things. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> that's it. that's what's interesting, too, you know, the little thing on Stephen King. You know, technically, he said all of his books take place in the same universe. Same universe, yeah. So, like, all the, like, this is all in the same place. Uh, number three, coming in on saddest movie death scenes, is Dobby a dead elf, and <laughs> a dead elf. I'm gonna let that. I'm gonna let that sit for a second. <laughs> Dobby is a dead elf. Oh. Dead elf. So I know that you're a big Star Wars guy. Are you a big Harry Potter guy too? 
I do love me some Harry Potter. I was not uh, talking to you. Oh, sorry. Well, it's hard to I tell do. when you, you just point. You just, you just point I, at the screen. What do you want? I do like. I do like Harry Potter. Uh, my wife is a much bigger Harry Potter fan. Uh, she loves Harry Potter. Uh, but I, I do like Harry Potter. I'm a. Uh, I'm, I'm much more of a Star Wars geek though. I mean, Harry Potter's fine. So I put myself in a similar boat. I did not want. I made it to the second or third movie whenever they go into the forest with all the spiders. And you and I don't know each other very well. But here's strap in for this. I don't like spiders. I don't like spiders so much that I left the movie theater when they went to the Enchanted Forest thing the second time, and the spiders like turn around to eat them. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm out. Then I took a 15-year hiatus away from the entire franchise and finally watched all of them again while I'm big and grown and not scared of spiders. I covered my eyes throughout the entirety of the last part of that movie. Um, and I watched, finally watched all of them during COVID. And um, when like Dobby, the scene's coming up. My wife also loves Harry Potter. Scene's coming up where Dobby's about to die. And she does this thing, like when she knows something sad's coming, she's like kind of starts to slowly cover her face. And so she starts, she's sitting beside the couch and she starts to slowly, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, Hermione's about to bite it here. And then when it's Dobby, though, it's like, oh, that could have been way worse. It's just Dobby. I feel, I felt bad, but like I was expecting like Ron to bite it or like Hermione was going to like tragically die. What ended up just being the animal. It's just Dobby. CGI oh, it's elf. Dobby. Like, oh, ah. just Dobby. <laughs> All right, Slytherin, get out of here, man. <laughs> I get that makes elf. me heartless. It's just but... a house elf. What it's are you so elf. sad about? Uh, Rena, Rena, my wife knew we were doing this tonight, and she she saw like my preliminary list, and she was like, "Oh yeah, Dobby. Dobby's got to be a high." I had Dobby a lot lower on the list, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, all right. so I moved Dobby up because I was like, well." I mean, just, I, she she clearly was yeah obviously Dobby Dobby's obviously. the greatest. I was like, oh yeah yeah. Dobby. <laughs> I maybe just because he's, he's a CGI character that was just like oh this, I mean it, it is it oh, is sad. We, I I did I I left it blank on my list. You know I wrote the actor's name. I have no idea who plays Dobby, so that was just blank on my list. So I was like whatever that is. <laughs> but that is a terribly sad scene, and everybody that's big Potter fans out there, which we we know who you are, uh, you're uh, you're you're you were sad about it. We know. Sure. We get it. Yeah. There's yeah. a whole there's a whole world out there that's like super sad about this moment. So we threw you a bone. We put it on the list. No. All let, right. Let's be clear here. This is a very sad <laughs> death. All right. Because sure, we, sure, sure, sure. Dobby is with Harry that's Potter. What we were he, Harry Potter saves Dobby right from like a, a life of slavery, basically. Yeah. And then uh, Dobby comes and saves him in return and calls yeah. him Dobby's Harry's friend. And like, like, oh, uh, like, that's uh, so I gotta sweet. be honest. The, the and then he dies he... in his arms. And then, but like, to your point, the thing that took me out of it a little bit was that he is like a CGI character forever. And then when he dies in his arms, he's just like a real puppet. Yeah. That like, that like, <laughs> he's holding. And it's like, why is he, he so he is much more real? Up looking. Can we just say that? I mean, look, I'm just put it out there on the deal. Wow. That is one messed up looking creature. Um, I didn't know. Dang. I didn't know we had some. That is not yeah. the way. Not I really thought. the kind of uh, yeah. message not, we like to have here on on off the podcast. You deserve. That is, that is not the Ugh. kind of character I saw them doing. In the book, right? I mean, did yeah, you? If you true. guys imagined House Elves looking like that, I mean, that's that is he's creepy looking at the end. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. He's, he's creepy looking, he's, and he and he looks up at he looks up at Harry. Somebody explain this to me, by the way, because because other house elves talk in perfect English. Okay, they like talk and they can they can they can form sentences. 
And Dobby, no, hear me out. Hear me out. Dobby, Dobby can't get this thing down, man. And so, look, no, I'm serious. He's at the end, and he's sitting there, and he's in, and he's in Harry's arms, and and he's converting into a doll instead of CGI. And he and he looks up, and he says, you know, Dobby is happy to be with his friends, and then he just just uh, dies. And you're that like, that was amazing. Thank that you. That was yeah, amazing. Thank you. But you, you're Toby like, Jones, you know, the the amazing Toby Jones, everybody. That was Toby Thank Jones. You, Toby Jones, is yeah. that who it is? Wow. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Shout out, man. Good job. I mean, wow. I How do you know that you were a dead ringer for Toby Jones? You can do his voice immaculate. That was so, so good. There's some money you could make on this on the side, I think. Well, J.K. Rowling, take some notes. Apparently, make your house elves look more like golden retrievers, and they might be more impactful deaths <laughs> for Alan. Who knows? <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So number three, apparently Dobby. Uh, <laughs> number two on the list of saddest movie deaths. Another road to perdition. That's how you know we care about it, not the podcast you deserve. This is what it feels like, Kyle, when I bring guests on. I, that's They're on like, my side. Like, oh, this is this is when we did the Coldwell movies and I brought Dale on. And we both had we both had Armageddon and, and a Knight's Tale way up there. This is what this feels like. She's on the other foot. This is what it feels like. I will like. do the gracious thing, which is what you did not do for me last time, and I will sit and I will listen. Oh, thank you. I like it. Thank you. Uh, Road to Perdition, as we talked about earlier, Tom Hanks, all the all the characters. Oh, Michael Sullivan. It, Michael Sullivan wow. is Tom Hanks's character, and after a, a full movie of. Losing his wife, losing one of his sons, having to kill his father figure, going on the run with his other son, keeping him alive, promising him a future, surviving all these different things, uh, including including Daniel Craig and a crazy-ass Jude Law who's out to murder him and take a picture of his body. He finally makes it to a city called Perdition, and he's watching his son play on the beach with a dog. And waves are are lapping in the background, and it's just the the most peaceful, tranquil moment ever of the film. And they finally made it to paradise. And then all of a sudden, Tom Hanks gets shot twice in the back by a crazy ass Jude Law, who yeah. then takes a picture of his dying body because yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you, yeah. And this, and again, this is another one of those things. Shout out! This should have won, you know, best picture. This should have been best director. Um, it, because, and again, best cinematography, because I think that this scene is shot so well, it's shot from outside. So you're actually, you're outside the window, you're looking back and the, you can see in the reflection of the window, um, um, uh, Tom Hanks, son playing, right? So you like, you see that and, and all like, the waves and, and, he, yeah. and he's so happy and it's super quiet to Drew's point earlier. Like the music has gone really quiet. It's super quiet. You're not thinking anything at all. And then all of a sudden, blood splatter just comes up onto the, to the glass. Because Jude Law, like a little bitch, rolled in and shot him <laughs> in the back. And, you're, and I literally, I, 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 I know I did this. I went, no! Like, I said it, you know, like, uh, you know, like, and I'm like, what? And yeah. it was terrible. Super sad. I, I, uh, I felt, you know, and then again, yeah, Jude does some pretty, pretty messed up stuff there and takes some photos. And so anyway, but that's super... That, that and, one, that one hurt. And not only is it is it sad because he dies right, like as he feels like he's gotten to the end, right, and gotten to safety, but then in his dying moments, his son comes into the room and has a gun pointed at Jude Law, the man who just killed his father. And he and 
and the reason they're in this circumstance is because that son watched his dad kill somebody earlier in the movie, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And his dad is trying to save him basically from that life. Yep. And the son is sitting there with the gun in his hands, pointing it at Jude Law. And with his dying breaths, Tom Hanks actually kills Jude Law instead. Yeah. Save it. And then the son says, I couldn't do it. And he goes, I know. And the, and the son sit there, sits there and cradles his head as his father dies in his hands. That is the most impactful thing because not only does he die, but he dies saving his son. He, he dies his carrying his son all the way through the movie. I, I, this is every Academy Award. I hate Chicago forever. <laughs> I, I do. I do too. I, it's the greatest travesty of all time. And, and, it, was, and it was such a cop-out that the Academy was like, well, we got to go with Chicago. It's it's a musical thing, and this is it is terrible. This is such a great movie, and you know, I can't, Richard you know, Gere, Michael, you know, yeah, Michael, so Michael gets saved, his soul gets saved, but let's be, like, Michael's now left in the house with two dead dudes. This thing did not end well. You know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't great know how you point. get out of that. No, that's a great just, point. Just a boy and his dog and two dead guys. We all know that. A boy story. and a dog and two dead dudes. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't like give you any closure on that either. Surprisingly, a movie where the dog survives to the end, uh, but he's also going to die too. So Michael's going to have to deal with that at some point. So some point. You know, <laughs> get the peanut butter ready, hard, Michael. Strap right. in, kid. Yeah. And number one on. The not the podcast you deserve. Saddest deaths in cinema is Ellie from Up. Mm. Deserving of the number one spot. Mm. Yeah. Is this the only character on our list that has zero lines of dialogue and still made everybody cry upon upon the death? Well, no, the dogs also had very few lines. So. Good point. Good point. I walked right into that one. <laughs> Kudos to you for picking that little yeah, Wilson, fruit and throwing Wilson, it right at Wilson doesn't say much. Wilson doesn't. Not, he also didn't make the list. He also didn't make the list. But no, th this one is really impactful. And to your point, Kyle, Ellie is not a predominant character mm. in in the movie as far as screen time goes. She's definitely felt yeah. throughout the movie because she is the driving force behind it. But the 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 five or 10 minute or whatever, whatever montage you watch of her uh, and her husband meeting, falling in love, getting married and living their life together is the most touching, beautiful thing. And then when she dies, you feel that so hard. Like I remember tearing up and crying for the first time in the movie theater. And I have a hard time not kind of tearing up anytime I think about it because it's like a love like that. Yeah. <sighs> The, the their final adventure, the their big adventure they were gonna go on together. That's heartbreaking. I remember going to see this movie with a group of friends. Drew, you might we might have been there together. I don't know. I remember about eight minutes into the movie, I turned. I was like, what are what is what are we watching? What is this? I'm, where's the kid with the little with the balloons and the ostrich and stuff? Why am I crying? Why are there old people? What what's happening? Just was not ready for it at all. Was not prepared for for what was about to happen. It's it's terribly sad. It it um we we watch it here at the uh, the Crawford household. Um, it it makes it for the uh, you know the three year olds. You know, mm -hmm. but but we're all crying. I mean, we just kind of stand <laughs> behind it. So like, so my daughter Penny's not like, what's going on, Dad? You know, I'm over here just like you know like trying to <laughs> trying to get it to go away. It's it's. It's terribly sad. It is cutting sad. onions it's, in here again. I know. I, I, I know. I'm Keep sitting there like, oh. up is on. It's a good thing this is a podcast and y'all aren't watching the video because I'm over here like having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. It, it's what 
It's one thing that uh, did we not tell you this is a video podcast? Uh, oh yeah, you did. You did at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, it, it is going to be. Get my Dobby doll out here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> the uh... <laughs> the 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 interesting thing about it is that they could basically just put up a picture like a black and white picture of the two of them on the mantle and be like, that was my wife, Ellie. And we kind of get the gist of it. We're like, oh, the man's sad. But they took it a step farther and they're like, we're going to show you all of it. The the highs, the lows, the ups and downs, how much they truly loved each other. We're going to jam pack that into about three and a half minutes so strap mm. in and you're like oh my gosh they with zero dialogue they go through uh them wanting to go on a big adventure together but they don't have the money they're saving up and they go through infertility and then like they still kind of don't have the money to do what they want to do then they both get sick and old and she oh. can't make it up the hill it's like what time out disney wh- who, who what are you doing what are you guys doing let's go back to some fun stuff like mufasa falling off a cliff and being stampeded to death you know I guess Disney's always kind of had that up their sleeve. I digress. It, it almost awesome. felt like Pixar made a like a short that they usually do at the beginning of their movies, and they're like, what yeah. if we made the short incredibly sad, and then we made it about the movie? <laughs> exactly, yes. They're yeah. like, wow, I love the way you think, Jenkins. Don't hide that talent. Oh, and then at the, <laughs> at the very end, that's funny. At the very end of the movie, when he's opening, he finds the book again because he's like throwing stuff out of the house to make it float or whatever, and he finds the book. And he sees like the hidden page in the back that like, he never opened before. Oh, it was oh. like my adventure, and it was all pictures of them together. I was like, this, you're going to make me cry twice over oh. the same animated character that I've never met or heard a word of dialogue from? Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, no, Ellie deserves The animated movies can get you, though. I mean, they really can. I mean, the other, the other day, my, my father-in-law was in town. And uh, we put Frozen or Frozen 2. I don't know. It was on. It was something. And I looked over, and the dude sniffling towards the end of it. You know, he's got. He's getting. He's getting called outside. And my and my wife goes, "Really, Dad?" He's like, "What?" You know. But like, they can get you. Okay, they can. You know, they oh, can yeah. pull you outside. Disney. Oh, it's yeah. it's not about just you know saving the hero and falling in love anymore. It's about it's about making you sad. They have to. They have to. Cut you. They have to cut out your old dead heart first before they can put a new Disney heart inside of it, uh, and that's that's the moral of the story. Is, is that it? You, yeah, that, that's it. You, you think I, that's in a poster somewhere in Disney HQ? Cut out their dead heart. These are the tenants. The pillars of these are the pillars. This is what we this is what we do, people. <laughs> You knew what you signed up for. You thought you came here for Star Wars. You came here for Dobby and Ellie. That's what you came here for. Mm. Well, uh, Alan, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up the list in our time together? I, I, I will say two, two things real fast. Number one, um, last time I cried in a movie. So last time I cried at a movie and it was involving a death. Uh, I'm going to shock a lot of listeners here. It was Tom Hanks. And uh, <laughs> it was in, it was, I know, I know. It I was, haven't heard of him. Ah, it was actually Otto Anderson in A Man Called Otto, which is Spoilers. based off of a, uh, Frederick, Frederick Bachman book called A uh, Man Called Ove. Apparently in this country, Ove is too Norwegian or something, so we called him Otto. Anyway, movie's great. If you don't get into that character, you know, and the family that he, that he, that he kind of falls in love with and helps, you know, because he's an old man and grumpy and stuff, that he, uh, you know, that's tough. His death in that movie... Super tough. I was bawling. There were there were six 
couples in this big old movie theater and my wife and I are sitting there and the movie ends and then like nobody's getting up because we're all like <laughs> you know we're all just like we're all just trying to wipe it away or whatever great movie super cathartic last time I cried that was the movie so again shout out to Tom on that one and then uh, last but not least last but not least gotta say yeah friend of the pod gotta say um, a shame on you Disney for killing Harrison Ford's character of Han Solo in the worst possible <laughs> way. Shame on you. It doesn't make sad deaths. The writing was sad. It was terrible. Uh, that's an awful scene. Uh, and it's such an iconic character. I get it. Harrison didn't want to do any more movies and he has that power. But come on. Could you have yeah. killed him in a more cool way for those who have been following after a while? So shame to Disney. That's my final plug. I love it. Drew, when's the last time you cried in a movie? Uh, the last time I saw Fired Up. That's a mender. <laughs> what scene? What scene gets you to cry? Oh, it's, what it's, what scene doesn't get you to cry? When he's picking between the blonde and the brunette and the redhead, that one really gets me. That one. Really. That one. I would like. I would like that one. I would like that one too. Why delay the inevitable? <laughs> That's it.